0: One shot, one shot, one opportunity to bomb it like you've always wanted. In one moment, one moment, would you hit driver or just lay up? Oh.
1: His grips are sweaty, breeze weak, hazards heavy. His ketchup on his polo, already vodka in the yeti. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting to keep his head down His group goes so loud, he knows his next move But his miss freaks him out He's choking up how everybody's laughing now The boys howling, clubs up loud Snaps back
0: to the left again Oh, there's a penalty, oh Reload Welcome to the Bomb Squad Podcast With your hosts Matt Smith and Jerry Lou.
1: aggressive play is a vital asset of the world's greatest golfers however it's even more important to the average player attack this game in a bold competent and determined way and you'll make a giant leap toward realizing your full potential as a player greg norman Welcome to another episode of the Bomb Squad podcast. I'm Jerry Lou. It's a golf podcast, and I host it. And back for more, finally, he missed it last week, is Matt Smith. Smitty Smith, Smitty Smith. How you doing, buddy boy?
0: Good, good. Glad to be back. Sorry to all our dozens of listeners that I missed last week. Busy week, but back at it. How are you doing, bud?
1: uh i'm doing okay the game is in malaise uh i played 18 the other day and like the first six i wanted to quit the game middle six uh thought i found my swing last six, wanted to quit again i had a really nice putter just appear in the back seat of my car because i told a friend of mine i'm, I'm looking for the the titleist Acushnet standard bullseye you know what i'm talking about the standard the original Acushnet mm-hmm. bullseye two-way putter mm-hmm. the bullseye
0: well, the midi putter
1: Yes, except this one, the, the nice uh, professional one that everyone putted with back in the, the day and that what Nota Gay putted with 20 years ago. Anyways, um, it just appeared in the backseat of my car with a, a square super stroke grip on it, which I appreciate the friend of mine, I think, who put this all together for me, but I was joking about the square superstroke grip. That, that does not serve my purpose whatsoever on a little blade putter, but thank you for the thought. But yeah, I'm, uh, my game is a, a mess. I'm, I'm, I've been working so much. I haven't been watching any golf And I am dogged thirsty, so I'm going to open this uh, new bottle of Lagavulin 16. While, uh, Matt, you tell me about how your week was, or your two weeks. It was the girlfriend's birthday. I'm sure you took her out golfing, did you not?
0: Um, Mentally, I took her out golfing, but uh, we had a couple of family dinners and went up to her place, had a nice uh, kind of few days uh, not away but uh, we're we're both living busy lives right now and just uh, taking some family time felt good Um, haven't been playing a whole lot but just played a quick nine holes no putting tonight so that kind of I like to go out in the evening if it's a nice cool calm evening Um, and just kind of like that 110 yard in just drop three four balls on each hole no putting just kind of wedge it and chip it around so um yeah haven't been playing much but uh men's night tomorrow and then our annual romeo street cup matches this upcoming weekend so a little background on that it's a 12 on 12 Ryder cup so we do saturday a two-man best ball a two-man scramble and then on sunday a singles And that's uh, both the golf courses in town are on the same street, Romeo street. So we have the Romeo street cup matches this week and that should always be very entertaining and and fun time. So yeah, looking forward to it. Well,
1: definitely sounds like it, man. I, uh, I can appreciate that. And uh, in in other side news real quick, uh, we're always happy to be brought to you by sport travel sport dash travel radio network. I'm going to get it right someday. There's a lot of words in there. And I mix them around, but more importantly, um people can find uh matt smitty smith on the twitter machine at bomb squad matt you can find me at jerry Lou looper the pod the pod show man i am really off the rails tonight i warned you before we started i was gonna say you gotta do some heavy lifting bro or i gotta like we just need some
0: lagavulin we just need some lagavulin
1: you see that first pour that i poured in there it was like a baby finger i mean it was just like it's like i'll take the uh i'll take the four-year-old's uh uh, pinky uh jesus here hold on let me have this one
0: Mm. Oh, Scott! Anyway, Scott! Scott, Scott. What I'm trying to, into get to my it, tummy
1: what i'm trying to get to is our network director um ty childs you can find him at tourney boss and you should find him at tourney boss shoot him some love because he just had a little spawn of joy uh pop into the world uh we saw some pictures i don't know if they're real pictures that kid had a hell of a beard on him he might be beating his father already but i'm not good with the filters but uh congratulations ty uh again i wouldn't be I, I could be doing this without you, but I wouldn't want to be doing it without you. Let me put it that way. Uh, Matt, you got any words for the uh, happy family?
0: Absolutely. Congratulations to Ty and his wife, Julie, a healthy baby boy named Bo. Um, apparently, Bo knows baseball, but apparently, Bo also knows golf. So, uh, the newest member of the, bod squad, the Bomb Squad family. So, shout out to those two. Um, glad to, Glad to hear that.
1: I guess technically he could be our first bomb squad baby. I mean, I, I, I can't say the same for my last podcast entity where the the, the, the two uh, mannequins I worked with there, they sure as hell weren't pumping out any chitlins. So, uh, I, mean, I mean, think about it, Matt. I mean, come
0: on. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, that, yeah, and, and good news for
1: them. And-, and to be fair, looking over at me, there's still only Mo knows. Come on. You, you as a true... Do you, do you guys say red-blooded canadian up there i feel like no matter where you are in the world you say red-blooded fill in the blank like we we say down here red-blooded american but come to think of it it's like we're all red-blooded wherever we are Is like as long as you don't say red-blooded japanese or whatever but i mean you're you're a red-blooded canadian and so mo knows i mean come on look at this shirt look at this shirt mo knows
0: mo knows so mo knows, mo knows. and, and also bonos
1: Bo does know, so congratulations, Ty. Smitty, are you drinking a drink tonight, or what's your deal, yo? you sober yet, or what?
0: Uh, Rarely sober. (laughs) Always intelligent. Um, Yeah, just got uh, poured myself a nice Gibson's Finest and ginger. Um, It's a holiday up here, uh, as it is down there. It's Labor Day Monday. Um, What is Labor
1: Day? We have done research on this for any listeners, just because I listen to a TV show podcast called the Always Sunny podcast and they break down the show. But if there was a Labor Day episode, they would be like, hey, uh, uh, I looked up what Labor Day is. And they actually give you the history, which I'm like, hey, I didn't ask, but I appreciate that. So, I mean, for our listeners out there is Labor Day. Let me just ask you. I don't know what Labor Day is in America. I just know it signifies going back to school and that sucked as a kid. You have barbecues right out over there like literally 20 feet from where I'm recording I remembered it was the worst meal of the year because that meant summertime was over and summertime for a single digit year old Jerry Lou was the best times of his life until taxes and life and responsibility kicked in but needless to say I don't know what labor day is I can make some kind of Soviet joke here I'm sure where it's just like it's for the employees you know and we don't have bosses day or you could call that every day but Matt I saw you clicking around over there what's labor day up in Canada
0: Labor Day is an annual holiday to celebrate the achievements of workers, so we get a day off.
1: Oh, oh, okay, cool. Okay, well, I, I could have guessed that. I was hoping there was something behind it. I mean, like, like, when I was a kid and I saw December 26th was Boxing Day, and it said in parentheses, Canada, right after Christmas, I always thought, ha that's when they clean up all their shit from Christmas, right? I mean, but it's Canada only. But then when I looked into it, I'm like, no, no, Boxing Day is something serious, so it turns out Labor Day, I'm sure, has some connotation, like more behind it.
0: Yeah. Now there's also some folk, folk, folklore that Labor Day is because nine months after New Year's and Christmas, all these babies started popping out, so they called it Labor Day.
1: Oh, interesting. I thought it was going to come from Saint Labor, uh, the uh, the patron saint of um. Submarines and sea turtles. I got nothing, dog. Oh Jesus. Um
0: <clears throat> I was totally making that up too, but uh Oh you I thought it... of a gun. <laughs> ah, that
1: was a good one. Oh man, you you just had me and hopefully everyone else going because that was the most plausible, bullshitted answer I've ever heard in my life. And I I, I put my wax seal on it and said, I don't need to sign, I don't need to look at that, just send it with the pigeon. wow You're very
0: welcome. Is... You're free to use it, just send any royalties back to me, okay? Well, speaking of (laughs) free
1: to use it and send all the royalties back to you, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. GorseGolf.com. They make great head covers. Hell, I was catting for a guy the other day that had an original Seamus Golf head cover, and it looks exactly, exactly like what my boy – crazy is cranking out that's his name crazy at Seamus uh, at Gorse Golf see it caught me slipping I might actually have to get a copy in front of me here at some point I haven't done it yet but needless to say you go to Gorse Golf G-O-R-S-E golf.com it's this plant that's like liquid barbed wire out here it's crazy but his head covers his most expensive ones are 50 50- bucks people and we all know the cheapest ones at seamus are a hundred dollars even those old vintage ones that we're talking about that take eight years of weathering to make them look like they are akbar i love you but we are eating into your margins as best we can and to show that you're friends of the show and to give you a little extra coin saved in your pocket use the coupon code bomb squad pod all one word if you don't believe me if their product's good go to the instagram machine at gorse golf they're not on twitter yet I'll do my best to manage our Twitter account, just like I do for Brand Brewer. I, I I operate many umbrellas under my one umbrella. Don't worry about it. But uh, Bomb Squad Pod in the coupon code, all one word, you get an additional ten percent off an already cheap and brilliant product. I, I remember, I think uh, Matt the uh, Seamus Golf Headcovers say made in Oregon. It's just like, yeah, I think either Crazy say hand stitched in Oregon or he went with the made in the USA. Where I'm just kind of like, hey, made in the USA is I almost want to say like a little more highbrow in terms of. Made in Oregon's cool, kind of, but made in the USA means something. Not necessarily, obviously, a lot more Americans, but because we don't make anything in the USA, period, that we like wanted. That's like unless it's really expensive. And I think that's worth showing off. I mean, made in Oregon, I don't give a crap about, it. and I'm an Oregonian, born and raised. But made in USA, which is where all this is coming from, gorsegolf.com, bomb squad pod, coupon code ten percent off. Thank you for listening and uh, and and uh, and checking them out. And yeah, I already said what my Twitter uh, machine handle was, and said what yours is. Matt, let's get knuckle deep in this biatch.
0: So we had, the round, we had final
1: round, the final round of the tour championship at uh, East Lake. Let's let's just get let's get the course out of the way. I up mm-hmm. PGA Tour two K two one to death. I finally figured out how to adjust the difficulty, so my handicap has gone from a plus seven point five. It's been trending down. It's now plus six point nine. I mean, I'm, I'm still pretty good, but I mean, I'm trying to figure out the nuances of the game putting still gets me. There'll be a time where I'll be on into 10 feet away and I'll just see how the putt breaks. And I'll be like, well, I'm going to four putt this just because it is like, I'll, I'll miss one. Then I'll get pissed. And they, I mean, it's very much like real life, but I played Eastlake. They had the nines flipped at East Lake, or at least they don't, not the way I remember it. I remember East Lake finishing on a 240 yard par three where That's you had, correct, this, yeah. and it was a very sloped green where you had to run up and mark your ball. Otherwise it rolled back. So uh, what are your thoughts on Eastlake overall? It looked great on the video game
0: um yeah it looks great on the video game looks great in real life too um you know from a from a tournament standpoint with only 30 players like that course is always pristine um you're looking at east lake being uh in the suburbs of atlanta georgia so um with it being hot hot, you've got you got bermuda rough um penal 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 Bermuda Roth. I love that, love that word. Um, and actually, if, if if you if you Google Earth it and and don't go with the satellite image, but the map image, the one pond does kind of look phallic like, but uh, we won't get into that. Um, but yeah, uh, Bobby Jones once a member there, I believe. East Lake was the site where Bobby Jones is. Um, original u.s amateur trophy was burned down in the clubhouse fire and was uh, oh. in that as well um, i actually
1: you know what you just taught me a little something there matt smith i was unaware of this uh, bobby jones uh u.s amateur trophy fire
0: Hmm. so can you give us like, a two-minute history lesson from coach smith um I, I i really can't off the top of my head oh although... well, you dick tease oh my god i
1: fear i kids i thought we were gonna learn something and i just turned italian also where's the matt kuchar i'm sorry i'm just reading notes at random here where did where the, where is matt where the hell is he um well east lake i i always thought that it it seemed to be appropriate for the tour championship for everything mm-hmm. to come to a head i have a buddy of mine who works there and i oh god i've been so busy i just haven't meant to get in touch with him shout out uh uh, Mr. Uh, uncle, uncle Rams, but, um, he, uh, he was a caddy at Bannon Dunes and he caddies at Eastlake and I haven't seen him actually in a year and a half. So I hope uh, all is well with him, but, uh, yeah, I don't know too much about the course. I know it's in Atlanta. And to me, it just, what are your, now, what are your thoughts? I've been talking to some golfers about this and I've always said the 17th hole should be a nut. I've, I've probably told you before the 17th hole of any golf course, if it wants to be a true championship course, should be a nut buster, hard par three, hole and that will determine your tournament in match play and stroke play more than a easy par five 18th I'm looking at you pebble where it's just like yeah 17 is great 18 is pretty easy it's not pebbles fault it's an old course it's small but I mean mm-hmm. I, I I I I just any course where it's like the first hole's is a par three or the 18th hole is a par three Matt what do you feel about like for I'm gonna call them tricked up for lack of a better term what do you feel about these non-traditional tricked up layouts
0: um while well, they're they're non-traditional right there i i would call them categorize them maybe quirky if, if i can now east lake's got the 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 long demanding par three the 15th hole where the green's kind of on the peninsula surrounded by water it's the same
1: thing isn't it i was playing the video game i'm going like wait a minute am i on 18 yet no no it says i'm on the sixth hole wait what's going on i mean
0: yeah so that's the the previous six um now 17, technically the, the eighth hole. Now I'm not sure if the members play it in the order that the tour championship plays it in. Um, but yeah, you're correcting that. The, the let's just air quote the 18th hole. You know, it's synonymous with Jim Furyk getting up and down out of the bunker and it's raining and he gives the the lame forty five year old man who's who's never danced before, like double fist pump. Well, he's um, also
1: he's never seen a dumbbell before, dog. Come on.
0: Yeah. And then the seventeenth hole or number eight, as they play it now, with the pawn left, the sight of the famous Bill Haas splash it out of the bunker to three feet up and down to win. Um you know, being replaced with the par five right in front of the clubhouse. Yeah. You're going long par three, par four, par four, par five finish now. And it's, it's definitely a gettable par five. Um, but still, you know, on 16 and 17, both dog leg left uphill par fours, you know, you got to hit your shot. If especially the, um, the 17th hole as they played this week with that fronting bunker kind of like the trench bunker all the way in front if you weren't hitting the fairway and it's a front pin you're not getting within 25 30 feet of the pin um, so still a great golf hole even though it may be on the shorter side um, but overall definitely produces um, a, a championship winner uh, of course DJ started the week at I want to say minus 10 and because yes. of, course, uh, of course this is now a net event um, Shout out to our our pal over Club Pro guy. It is a net event now on the PGA well, Tour.
1: I'm I'm glad we shifted gears real quick, and I'm just going to cut you off real quick. I'm sorry to ask you how do you because a lot of people have asked us about the uh, FedEx Cup format, and I am pretty ignorant to be like I like it. I don't care. I like it. And then when this happened, I completely forgot that people had the minus part. Like essentially, they had a couple furlong lead or whatever. Uh, Matt, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts on it? Because uh, you and I, in the times we've talked about it, I have either forgotten to or whatever, we haven't brought that part up yet.
0: Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm a traditionalist. I like everybody starting on an even foot. Um, does it make sense that they want their tour championship tournament winner to also be the FedEx Cup winner? So, you know, is it derived and created out of? making sure that the FedEx cup champ and you're not handing out two trophies at the end of the day, does it ensure that? Yes. Is it equitable and fair? Everybody's well, going to have their take, but. Sure. Now wait, now
1: wait, wait a second. Was this uh, system implemented last year for Tiger?
0: No. So he won two years ago. So last year, I believe oh, was the bad. first year.
1: Oh yeah. That's right. Who won last year? It was a JT.
0: It was JT. Yes.
1: Okay. Now. No,
0: look. sorry. Rory. Rory won last year.
1: Okay, see, sorry, I'm, that's how I'm plugged up. That's how much I devalue the Tour Championship. It's not because of the formatting or whatever, but look, I, I really feel like I probably side, I err, uh, the, I side on the whole, like, giving them, the, they, you got to give them something. You can't just have Billy Horschel make it to the top 30 as number 29 and all of a sudden just, like, stick everybody in the eye, and then next thing you know, he wins, which, you know what, the gamesmanship is gamesmanship, playing hard at the right time is playing hard at the right time. But mm-hmm. I got to admit, like, I saw a lot of people bitching today about, like, oh, congratulations to Vander Choffley, the real champion or whatever. It's just like, yeah, yeah, but no. Like, I really feel like this year things kind of went correctly, don't you think? DJ won it. He was winning early on uh, leading up to this. He won this tournament not going away but in pretty solid fashion. He won the way he needed to win. I mean, I don't think this can be really taken apart, can it?
0: it you're right. You know, at the end of the day, the best player on the planet currently – I believe won the tournament Um, DJ shooting 64, 68 on the weekend, Justin Thomas shooting 66, 66 on the weekend. Um, Shoffley shooting 67, 66, John Rahm shooting 66, 66, Scotty Scheffler shooting 66, 65 on the weekend, right? These guys, they had it going. Um, And I know we were previously just talking kind of layout of the show, but you've got four of the best players in the world all peaking and playing this prime time golf and slugging it out against each other. It's fun to watch. It's, it's fun to watch these guys all playing, you know, maybe not quote unquote, their best golf, but when they're pretty darn close to that and they're all slugging it out side by side, very, very fun and a very entertaining product to watch. Um, Also a quick shout out to the PGA tour for going commercial free on the last hour or two during coverage, I believe like the back nine. Yeah. I didn't have to watch any fucking CDW commercials, nothing, no bullshit. But no, no, no Viagra, no Viagra, no Cialis, no blood pressure pills, no blood thinner pills, no diabetes pills, no morally safer. The next Cialis commercial
1: I expect to see is like the guy just like he's pointing at us, he's looking right at you and me, he's looking right Mm -hmm. to our souls and points it. It's like, face it, whether you want to admit it or not, you have ED. Yeah. It's just like, oh, God, I guess I have ED. What if I do or what if I don't? I mean. The,
0: the next generation of uh, Seattle and Viagra commercials are basically going to be pointing at the women being like, yeah, I know, I'm disappointed too, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You're I- not
1: wrong, dog. Oh, my God, that's funny. Oh, but we could talk about that for hours. Uh, moving on real quick, I got a, a question for you still related, though. Um, when is the player of the year awarded? Who do you think the player of the year is? And also, when is the U.S. Open? When is the Masters? And does that all factor in? Wow. That, that's a good question. You know, I, know that, I got, know that was literally five questions, but I mean, I, you can kind of see where I'm going with this. Like, when is the player of the year awarded and what are we factoring into it due to our our,
0: our altered schedule? Right. You're right. Um, I, I I don't know, right? You've got DJ, you've got JT, um, Colin Morikawa with a couple of wins in there, right? Sure. Including, including a major. I think we need to wait for... Uh, definitely the Masters and, and in two weeks we've got the US Open that'll be very interesting and fun to watch um, but yeah uh, I would say at this point it's going to come down to a couple of events here it's going to come down to the Masters and US Open to see you know, who performs I'm not sure when they're voting or handing it out but I, I would say body of work total' I'm, I'm leaning towards DJ obviously with the FedEx Cup well recently
1: yeah. I, I I'm, I'm leaning the same way, but I don't want to sell off on that right away. I got you
0: Right. And then, you know, JT was right there as well. Um, he, he didn't win coming down the stretch. He had obviously the playoff loss to more at the Workday at Mirfield village. Um, he's been right there all the way. He had John Rahm finishing the season extremely strong, but at the end of the day, it, it's almost like pick your poison. You're not wrong going in one of three or four directions at this point. Um I think it's going to be a pretty tight race for player of the year unless, of course, somebody, you know, pulls one out of the hat at Wingfoot in a couple of weeks at the U.S. Open.
1: I, I, I got you on that. And that actually, thank you for saying that. That reminds me of one last, like, open-ended question you're not ready for or we might have to research for. But what's happening in golf the next – we have the U.S. Open in two weeks, correct? That's correct. All right, folks, and be on the listen to uh, the Loudest Looper podcast because I guess that's when I'm dropping uh, four or five episodes. We've already banked a couple, and we're going to bank a few more. And it's gotten fun. It's it's getting fun. We're on a roll. It's 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 like this. Well, you've heard the, this show a couple times about Smitty. That's what it's like, but uh, a lot more personal. Anyways, um, do we have a golf tournament coming up in this next two weeks, or we essentially is that media Sunday for the U.S. Open?
0: No. So this week we've got uh, the Napa Valley Tournament. The Puerto um,
1: Rico. Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> no no not uh no it's the Safeway open i believe uh, i believe mm-hmm. phil mickelson wants to play in it um him being obviously a california california who's, guy who's defending champ i want to say cam champ did he win two years ago or last year um but not 100 sure we're
1: right now. i mean everything's so up in the air i feel, i, I if you were to put a gun to my head and say, like, what's the tournament after the tour championship? It's like, regardless of COVID, I'd be like, oh, crap, I should remember. It's the start of the silly season. Uh, is that one with Fred Couples at Thousand Oaks? I don't know. I mean, it's just like, that's usually where my brain goes. So,
0: yeah, so it, it was Cameron Champ last year, one stroke okay. over Adam Hadwin. So obviously, yeah, I got was right tuning in to best. watch. Uh, I was watching Adam. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the, now with the California wildfires, they're still, I, I haven't heard whether they're leaning one way or another to play or not play. Um, obviously you know best wishes and, and prayers out there to everybody affected by the wildfires out in California. that's never fun to hear. Um, but as the PGA tour likes to do, if there's a chain smoker concert on the schedule, the show must go on. That's a, sh- that, that's a shout out to the, uh, to the players championship with you know well, we can't- oh. Covid's going around. That's fine. Let's get everybody together for a chain smokers concert at the golf course. Nothing to go It was a
1: shaky line you drew, but I mean, I followed it. I was with you there every step of the way, and I I still support you. Take it, take it from a a, a smoker who's trying to quit. I mean, (laughs) you could have, you could have done a lot better.
0: (laughs) Oh, we both could have. We both could have. But but, you uh, know.
1: the fact that you said Florida puts like the bow on whatever like shit Sunday that you're trying to hand to somebody. And you're just like, at the end, you're just like here, Florida present. And they'll just be like, Oh yeah, Florida. I don't care.
0: <laughs> it's like Florida's that state. That's always like, Oh yeah. You did that. Hold my beer. Watch this.
1: Oh yeah. They're, they're, they're the king of that. So we'll do next week. We'll do more of an in-depth blast in the U S open. I really want to talk masters cause I caddied with, um, Oh, this, this wonderful father son duo recently. Um, I think they're uh, followers of ours. Creek uh, Golf. Uh, he's this kid out of Tennessee. He's got the logo where it's a golf club, and he's doing, like, if anyone's watching, you're doing, like, the rock and roll devil horns.
0: Yeah, yep, so I, I have seen that. A yep. caddy for
1: him and his dad. Uh, they're from Nashville. Wonderful guys. Uh, he's going to send me some swag here soon. Uh, and, and I keep telling Ty, it's like, I know he's busy with the kid, and we're, like, his 18th, like, uh, biggest company out of everything he's doing, so we'll get our bumper stickers when we get them. But at the same time, I want to get uh, uh, swag out there for everybody. But he and i talked about i think we talked about this golfer and then he said i think he's gonna win the masters and i kind of froze and went i think you're right dog but that's not that's after the u.s open and we're not even going to talk about
0: the u.s open so stay tuned for that later i'm interested in that take i'm very very interested in that take oh it's 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 i
1: i think it's time i think i'm i think i think i might finally call my shot on a first time major winner i mean i I was gonna say is,
0: is this a first time major winner it is, but that's, but what am I really saying with that? That's not does, too, his, does his Does his first name start with one of the last four characters of the alphabet? <laughs> wait, wait, this is, uh, okay. This is all I'm gonna, more, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna answer or, one. This, yes, no question, Or more like, specifically down. the last no, the three answer, characters of the English alphabet.
1: The answer is no, it is not. I am not thinking Xander Shoffley or Xavier Sabatini for the, um, uh, or Mike Weir for that matter. For the uh, Masters, so uh, <clears throat> interesting.
0: Masters. Um, did I, did I, you know did what? did he play in the Tour Championship? Who, Mike Weir? No, oh. <laughs> wait, this, this quote-unquote mystery dark horse pick that you're picking. Uh, yes, he did.
1: I, I, I can't. I know for a fact he played the week before. Yes, yes, yes. He played in the Tour Championship.
0: Uh, but it, it, is, not, is, not, is, it's the
1: Masters? Is, this is the Masters, wait, this is the wait, Masters wait. preview. Even a U.S. Open preview.
0: I, I have one more question.
1: Oh god, yeah. Okay, press your luck. Go.
0: Is he a white male?
1: Yes. I mean, that's. Do you think I was picking Fino?
0: <laughs> I, I, hey, I didn't know which way you're going here. Oh
1: my god, I want to see the 30 people play the Tour Championship and see like who you thought I thought it was.
0: <laughs> They're doing a skirt check, a skirt <laughs> check before the first thing. Oh,
1: oh! It was Tony Fino even in the Tour Championship? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, like a dog with a bone. I'm stuck on. I'm stuck on this. <laughs>
0: it's all right it's all right moving all right, on well, listen
1: listen you brought up a really good point before we we started this show where uh, you um want to talk about because there was a distinct quality of the golf from this last week to the week before um wh- why don't you what here i'm chest passing the ball to you after two dribbles and a pivot and uh you uh you create some magic and i'll co-create some space under the basket and pick up a rebound if you miss what are your thoughts why did you say that
0: the reason I said that is when we look back to the to the playoffs here, we had some some great finishes. Um, you know, we didn't talk last week about the BMW championship there at Olympia Fields at a very – Let's break it down then. Do it right now. We got, we, got, uh, we got time to do it. Let's do it. For sure. Which felt like um, a, a U.S. Open setup, right? A lot of people – um, giving a lot of praise to the course of Olympia fields, of course, um, just firm, the rough a little bit up, but, but hard greens putting a premium on ball striking. And again, we saw two of the preeminent ball strikers on tour, um, John Rahm and DJ just separating from the pack, slugging it out and going toe to toe on the back nine on Sunday. Um, a, a ton of fun to watch and then they follow it up, and again this week, you know, they're they've got ten million dollars on the line, right? That's not a small amount for two guys that have never won the FedEx Cup. Um, you know, I'm not sure exactly what motivates these guys, based on the fact that career earnings wise, I know DJ's already up near in, in the top ten, of course. Um, John Rom, if if not, maybe knocking on the door probably in the top 20 for sure uh, mm-hmm. he's only been on tour for three or four years now you know just a it, an unbelievable you know two three week stretch of playing and when we look at at dj coming off uh, uh obviously a, a runner-up finish at the pga championship uh, it's just been a great run to watch, you know, Rory coming off the birth of his child, obviously playing well. And I think he had a lot on his mind, but, you know, we were very, very privileged to be able to witness, you know, four, five, six of the top golfers in the world, just slugging it out for three weeks, playing a lot um, of top quality, outstanding golf and not on the easiest setups, right? When we look at 21 under and DJ starting at 10 under, That's only 11 under. And then last week at the BMW, I believe the winner was only four under. And I want to say that John Rahm was five under on Sunday, I think, but, um, sorry.
1: Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. I interrupted over nothing.
0: No, no, no problem. It's just, uh, I think what we've been treated to the last couple of weeks, we, we really are, are taking for granted here. We're, we're, Witnessing some top quality golf. Uh, we've got a week off here to reset, head to the U.S. Open, maybe get some fresh legs and everything. And I'm really looking forward to a, uh, a to watch the renovated winged foot maybe show its teeth. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we've got this master season on the forefront as well. I think we're primed to just watch some top, top quality golf. And I'm really excited as a viewer.
1: You know, I just thought of this as my voice cracks when I think of the question for you. Um, what are we gonna do with golf in Hawaii in the first of the calendar year? Is that gonna be, we have two tour events in Hawaii. One of them mm-hmm. is for winners only of the tour the previous year. The other is a crapshoot on a course and a, and a venue so easy that they made a cartridge video game out of it on the Nintendo 64-bit. But needless to say, I was just thinking about that to be like, nobody wants to go over there anyways. And they commit to both events. Usually it's just the tournament winners. But I mean, you, you know what Hawaii is doing right now. Yes or no,
0: Smitty? I do not. So they have announced the 2020-21 FedEx Cup regular season it man, does start... Air quotes
1: a lot people folks you can't at home or your car and your ear can't see he's using air quotes a ton today man it's like it's a, like it's the like it's the blitz over london go ahead so,
0: so it's interesting to to look at here so i just pulled it up so it starts this week at the safeway open um does include the u.s open and then the dominican republic the corrales punta Cana resort and club championship
1: um, <laughs> Nicely done. Thank I you. A joke on that. You nailed it.
0: <laughs> now the CJ Cup, which is traditionally played, I do believe, in Malaysia um, or Korea, has been moved to Shadow Creek in Las Vegas.
1: <laughs> Sorry. The
0: the Zozo Championship, um, played in, I want to say, Japan, has yep. now been moved to Sherwood Country Club. So, uh, former host of Tiger's little that invitational there. Ah.
1: I was a hero. I was just getting excited for the whole tiger winning over in Japan. Got me so excited for him to please say, I don't know if we talked about this, but I wanted him to represent America in the Olympics to be like, Oh, and the America's the Olympics going to be in Japan. Oh my God. Japan loves tiger. Oh my God. I just thought this would have been like one of the coolest things ever. And when it comes down to like who we pick or who our athletes pick to travel overseas for whatever diseases or every four years or election years or well, they all add up or whatever. But, uh, I really thought it's like hey when it comes to us our country we can pick or they can we can collaboratively choose who we want to send over there and it would be stupid not to send tiger over to japan but yes the zozo was the tournament in japan
0: yeah so so looking at the schedule it's an interesting run between mid-september here so we have the u.s uh open from the 14th to the 20th of september and then we have the dominican event sanderson farms in mississippi We've got the Shriners Hospital, so that's in Las Vegas, followed by the CJ Cup in Las Vegas, which is a uh, limited field event. The Zozo Championship, which traditionally, again, was a limited field event, that's being held at Sherwood. Then we have the Bermuda Championship, followed by the Houston Open, which then is followed by the Masters. So this is now November 9th to 15th for the Masters. Now, the Houston Open has usually led into – Augusta because they try to get the course firm and the greens really, you know, they're, they're, they're flatter. I, I want to say that the course in Houston, um, they've got, it's almost like a, a re So big greens, but distinct Tiers or plateaus on the green. So um, big breaks in between them, but traditionally kind of flat. So they can get them rolling at 13, 14 uh, mm-hmm. to kind of mimic what you're going to see. And they cut the rough down just like they do at, uh, at Augusta. They try to mimic that. Um, and then we've got the RSM Classic a week off Mayakoba so you got the Mexican tournament and then another week off leading into January which is the Tournament of Champions and the traditional Sony Open in Hawaii so it looks like they're just they've taken those 2 3 weeks off they've kind of jammed some events in there um, you've got well,
1: that's how December goes in the first place, though. Truly, I'm sorry. The, still, the silly season to me was always this, the Monday after the Tour Championship all the way to December 31st. That's just me. But really, yeah. the silly season is December. That's when you have mm. Tiger's Target World Challenge down in Thousand Oaks and things like that.
0: Or, exactly.
1: Or just like Bermuda hero 18-man no-cut uh, jamboree um, in, in Nassau.
0: Well, yeah, and, and the interesting thing is too, is usually that what the PGA Tour did is after the Tour Championship leading up into the new calendar year, those events were used to kind of clear out the status, right? So the top 125, so the guys that qualify for the playoffs automatically have their card, and those kind of 125 to 175, I do believe, are kind of in that limbo area, like limited status, and that's an opportunity for them to play their, themselves in. Um, and, and get bumped up tiers for better status to get into more pga tour events now yeah. with with covid this year they said basically everybody that got their tour card last year gets it again for the 2020 schedule so there's none of that so I, I understand why they've decided to kind of jam all these lower tier events in here i get it um but again, looking at the at the schedule moving forward to next year, you know we've got a couple of well we've got a major in the near future, U.S. Open. But then we've kind of got this two month, almost two month gap with some lower event, lower end events, um, and then a couple of limited field events where I think everybody's going to show up and start to ramp up to the Masters, which is being played uh, the second weekend in November, uh, the 9th and and the ninth to fifteenth, sorry, of November. So interesting look coming forward for the PGA Tour.
1: Well, uh, thank you for that rundown. Brought to you by Coach Smith in Smith's Corner. Um, that's uh, as as we're about to wrap here because that was a uh, really great. I mean, I uh, we can kind of talk U.S. Open. I mean, would you do? you – Oh God, who? Who? What's the architect for Wingfoot? Who made that course?
0: That's a, a Tillinghast. Uh, recently, all the greens have been redone by Gil Hans. Um so they've kind of recaptured some areas from historical photos, redone all the greenside bunkering. Uh, I want to say that maybe there's a couple of new tees, so there is a new tee I know for sure on the 10th hole, the par 3 going away from the clubhouse. Um making it a little bit longer. I want to say it's playing about 210-215 yards now. Uh, but should be very very interesting. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Some, some very nasty greens, some, some big slopes for guys to run them up um, and should be interesting, right? We've got a mid September U S open, of course, uh, Wingfoot being out of the suburbs, of New York, just North of New York city. Um, we'll see what the weather's like. So I would imagine it being a little bit cooler, um, a little bit softer, which could mean some deeper rough um, to, really be the only thing that could really prevent scores from going super low.
1: You know, a shout out to our friends, I and Robbie at Robbie baseball one on Twitter who do the dingers baseball podcast. Uh, I, I felt a little inner Harry Carey uh, come up and was like, by the way, just a little shout out there, Mateo. We, next week we're supposed to have defending us open championship champion gary woodland on the show but he can't make like it so we're just gonna have to we're just gonna have to plug on without him <laughs> so i mean um i uh who who wing foots the side of when phil mickelson had his uh fall apart on the 18th hole who won that year was it somebody like michael campbell or like somebody we didn't know about or like uh, like uh, was that um
0: that was who, who side was? of of jeff okelby's chipping on 17 uh, um up and down out of the sand filled divot, short of the green on 18. Uh, to, oh, sorry, hitting it out of the, the sand filled divot, out of the 18th fairway, and getting up and down from short of the 18th green. And also, sight of Monty's epic chunked, flared seven iron from the middle of the fairway on 18.
1: Every time, exactly, you're right. Every time Monty was there, he
0: did that. We know that. But
1: the, going back to Phil Nicholson, that was 2012, correct? Uh, no,
0: that was 2006. Eight
1: six seven seven no six mm-hmm. 2006 2006 now look honestly I, I what i i'm pissed that history remembers that as the the open that phil mickelson lost and i know why it's always going to be that one if he never wins the u.s open that will always go down that way but of all the one and done winners especially of u.s opens that i've researched just looked up not necessarily research in depth i always remember jeff ogilvie was an earned winner. He wasn't one of those guys who won because, like, he wasn't, like, because somebody screwed up. It wasn't like a, a – sh- well, I'm not saying sh- Sean McKeel somewhere is about to break a golf pencil, but, I mean, it's just, like, I remember he played good, but nobody else played good. It just – Jeff Ogilvy and his one major was, like, well-deserved. Like, he he played well, wall-fill, got a little st- – Old Phil crept up on the 72nd tee and that's that's what that's what killed him. Like Old Phil didn't creep up in the 4th round of the 04 Masters and that's what got him his first major and no majors prior was Old Phil.
0: Mhm. Well, you're right in the fact that, you know, nobody really remembers Jeff Ogilby winning the tournament because of what happened on the 18th hole. You had Phil Mickelson making double, you had Colin Montgomery making double. Um it was just a fact that that's what it's remembered for. So Ogilvy ended up parring his final four holes, including well, a the, chip in par on the 17.
1: Yes, that, that that was the chip in par on 17 was big. But what, what I'm more trying to get at is, it's like we could be at a bar somewhere having pints with our, with our mates, and all of a sudden we'll just be like, oh, God, that 06 U.S. Open. Yeah, that's when Monty messed up. Yeah, that's when Phil messed up. And then we'll talk about something for a few minutes, and some will be like, yeah, but Jeff Ogilvy won a U.S. Open. We'll all be like, oh, yeah, he kicked ass that year. Yeah, it's just like, no, guys, no, 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 it's – you're." you're remembering it correctly, but you think it's two different years. It's really, and it, it wasn't, and we're not talking about like a Faldo V Norman meltdown at Augusta here where like one mm-hmm. guy just happens to do like exceptional, while one guy happens to fall apart. I mean, it was like, what were what, what those two guys shooting the final round? It was like 67 versus 78. It's not that big a deal. But when one guy, when you're both like starting close to each other, yeah, that's a huge deal.
0: Yeah. So the big thing to consider there in 2006 was that really Ogilvy was basically, he was only one shot back going into the final round. Yeah. Um, He's right seven, there. After 7 holes, he was leading by 2. Mhm. And right, then see, after That's the thing. After, All I remember from the tournament is Ogilvy doing good. And I don't think
1: and, anyone remembers that tournament for that.
0: And and after 13 holes, you had a four-way tie in the lead at four over, and that was Ogilvy, Furick, Mickelson, and Montgomery, with Harrington only one back. Harrington finished yeah. two shots back and finished bogey, bogey, bogey.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it lends a lot more to Ogilvy's finish and how we all, like, one of the many forgetful one, one and dones that we always like to make whatever we talk about in a certain category, but when Charles Schwartzel won the, uh, uh, the, the Masters, he won mm-hmm. going birdie, 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 birdie in the last four holes. Nobody knew what happened until he walked off 18 and everyone's like, oh, he's in the lead. And then they went and looked back like, oh, yeah, he just made a lot of tape of putts, just like 20-footer, 15-footer, 20-footer, 20-footer. And they were all for birdies, (laughs) all ice cold. They all could have been for pars and we would have said they were just as ice cold. But, I mean, to make four birdies in the last four holes and to win by one or two shots, to me – I'm not going to call it remarkable. I'm still going to call it, whoa, where did you come from? Because you had – that's essentially saying – I don't know, Matt, I'm sorry how hip you are to American football rules. And by Amer- – I mean, like, you know, North American NFL pads and whatnot. But uh, it, it'd be like if you get the two-minute warning and you're down 22 points, it's like, yeah, it's conceivable you can get the ball back twice and score, but not three times and score. It's just like, yeah, that's what he did, but then they still tied or lost or something or, or, or you just barely won. And everyone's just like, oh, we remember the game for it being close or for – when, when the Patriots beat the Falcons recently in that Super Bowl, where the Falcons 28 were 28 like to three, an ungodly amount. I remember distinctly watching that game several minutes into the next quarter, sitting there going, Oh my God, another drive by New England fizzled out. If they don't get something going, I actually was sitting on the couch going, like, No, they are out of time. For once, the team who knows how to do it is out of time. 28 to three, they can't do it. And it's just they just you know one one piece at a time. And you just keep working your way up there, and that's the, the way the Patriots won that Super Bowl. Is exactly how you come back and win in a golf match at any given time. I mean, and that's and, correct. And I remember. I mean, I've written off a lot of opponents before and gave away holes. And next thing you know, it's just like, oh, whoa! I just lost four and two. Excuse me, I was not paying attention. It's just, I mean, you gotta. Yeah, yep. I just started thinking of that four and two.
0: Ugh. No, you're you're completely right, and especially match play, um, which the back nine on Sunday can turn into match play right you're you're now down you've whittled down to f- maybe two three four or five guys that can win you're only kind of focused now it's it's definitely tough when it's a stroke play event and you're not playing the same group um, but a, a traditional match play where you know exactly what your opponent's doing sometimes you you change that mode into I'm not playing the golf course anymore I'm playing the other person which right. sometimes you know some people say, oh yeah, you got to play play the man not the course no. Basically, if I we're all playing the same course, if he's playing it better than me, he's going to beat me. If I'm playing yep. it better than him, I'm going to beat him. So, it, it's a very interesting, you know, mindset to have, and that's why, obviously, the U.S. Open Boiler is is what everybody wants to win, especially Americans. It's a national championship. It's one of the oldest golf championships in the world. The uh,
1: hardest tournament to win. It is. I don't. I don't care. It, I, it I, is. I love yeah. The Open championship, but the U.S. Open is the Iron Man of golf tournaments, save for qualifying at Q school. I mean, that's, that's about it.
0: As our old friend Sandy Tatum, used to say, rest in peace, Sandy. You know, they're not trying to embarrass the best golfers in the world. They're simply trying to identify who they are. So shout out to that quote. I know we were talking quotes earlier in the, <laughs> before the episode, before <laughs> you, recording, but uh, pulled that one out. I,
1: I could tell digitally and internationally you felt shine for me like just blowing over your Sandy Tatum quote for later. I was just like, ah, we'll use it later, we'll <laughs> go with the Greg Norman quote. <laughs> oh fuck yeah. you. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeti. Hit your Yeti there. Mm. Hey, but yeah. but hey, by the way, you like that Great Norman quote though, no? We you wanted to talk about it for a second. I mean, what are your yeah. thoughts about
0: that? Great quote, um, coming from obviously one of the best the best I would say driver of the golf ball, um, which led to his aggressive playing style. Um Unfortunately, never won as many majors as uh, he should have. But uh, I I love the quote and the fact that, you know, if that's your go-to, if aggressive's your game, be aggressive, right? It's when you change that mindset that sometimes trouble comes into play. It's, you know, you always hit driver on this one hole because that's the play that you have in your mind. That's when the bad stuff happens, when some thought creeps in oh, I should just try to guide an iron down there. Nobody ever hits a good shot when they're just trying to guide one down there because now you're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I, play my, yeah. I play my best golf when I, quote unquote, turn the brain off. When I'm not thinking about golf, I'm just hit it there, hit it there, hit it here, hit it there. Or well, when you're in the question. zone. That Well, that too. I and think see, that's
1: one. I mean, it's, it's funny you mentioned like, that, that. That's your type of like turning the brain off or being in the zone. It's like you hit it there, hit it there. My type is... My, my version of in the zone where i'm playing my best is my swing is just starting off correctly like if my swing i know is starting off correctly i'm flushing it then i go my brain does go catatonic golf wise
0: mm-hmm. and every
1: time i step over the ball i'm just kind of like oh wait this is the part i'm not bullshitting with friends and i have to perform and then slash hit another good one and then i hop back in the carton and then say hey pass me the joint and then we just like get back to bullshitting i mean it's kind of that's kind of that's kind of my approach to golf right now because i'm so obsessed with like, I don't care what my score is. I just want to make a consistent, nice move and feel nice contact. And just, and, and like, if I don't score, that's because my chipping and putting is bad. And I can work on, I can work on that with my eyes closed, left-handed. It doesn't matter. I mean.
0: Yeah. Like you know. I've recently, I recently had one of the best ball striking rounds of my life about a month ago, but I just couldn't get it in the hole. I couldn't make anything. And, it, and those days are frustrating, but you have to take the mindset of saying, you know what? I know I'm hitting it good. I just need one or two putts to go in. That's when the mojo starts flowing. I'm not changing what I'm doing. It's just good stuff happens. So, you know, I I don't know about you, but I have about a a say 30 minute warm up routine, you know, hit a small bucket of balls, work up and then back down the bag. But when I'm doing that, I'm really only focusing on a couple of things. Just one thing kind of, one backswing related, one follow through related. You find that spot. You head to the first tee with some confidence. You turn the brain off and you go hit the golf ball. So nice. I you know, just didn't know
1: we were getting, uh, just, just we were getting a- into
0: Coach's Corner here, but
1: well, you just prompted a Twitter question. I'm going to uh, put out there um, when we uh, finish recording here just to ask people because i just like seeing participation i mean i don't even want to tell people my practice routine because they're not asking me but i just want to say like what is your practice routine when it comes to is it just swinging a few clubs to stretch out or do you have to hit every club in your bag in a certain order and then go the other way i mean no, i'm, I'm gonna ask everyone and hopefully we'll get some good feedback so
0: mm-hmm.
1: regardless uh matt it's been a lovely lovely chat great to have you back uh is there anything else you want to squeeze in here before we depart
0: all good man all good
1: okay well shoot i I was hoping you'd say something because i can't think of a shout out for this week so um this week uh hey but you know what screw it like i said i'm not gonna ruminate over that i'm jerry lou that's matt smith you can find him uh you tell us this time where we can find you uh socially um on and digitally
0: you can find me on the instagram photo taker at bomb squad matt as well as the twitter machine at bomb squad matt how about yourself (laughs) Excellente. I'm Jerry Lou
1: Looper on Instagram and Twitter. You can uh, get me as a caddy at Bandon's Golf Resort anytime. Uh, And uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun talking with you, Matt. Uh, Hashtag all bay doors open. Or wait, no, I did that wrong. It's going to be all bays open and then bombs away. We're going to work on that. So all bays open, bombs away. Nate Cooper, shout out, brother.